welcome once again to Cinemaholics, where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online from the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm John Agurney, film editor for The Young Folks from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's a freelance writer. You've seen his work on Slant Magazine, Cinema Blend, The Playlist, and the Having George Harrison's Hair Gazette. It's Will Ashton. Hello. We have a special guest this week. He's a rapscallion, a real vagabond, mm. and what for? Also, he's a Spider-Man expert who's actually read the comics. I think all the comics. And he does co-host some other podcasts with Will, but you don't need to know about that. It's Matt Serafini. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Hey, Matt. How you been? Happy to have you on. It hasn't been a long time. We just talked about the Muppets Haunted Mansion with you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's nice to be back talking about Spider-Man. I think this is the third time... I think because I, I think I was on for Spider Verse and then Far From Home, mm-hmm. and so here we are for. We didn't have you for Homecoming, right? Uh, I think we were still, you know, we were still finding our were, sea legs. Yeah, yeah, it was a freshman then. freshman year type situation. Yeah, yeah, we were pretty clicky freshman year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I pitched it though. I said I had a friend who was really into Spider Man. You're like, oh, yeah, maybe. Never heard of him. <laughs> he needs to cut his teeth on something <laughs> yeah. a little bit more, you know, like, and then you brought him on for downsizing, was it? Yeah, that was right. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, can't ignore him forever. No, but uh, yeah, you, Matt, you love Spider Man like way more than most people. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah, that's it's the case. And I actually, I would say the biggest difference between now and the last time I was on is that I finished my journey. Um, I spent a little over six years going through and reading every Spider-Man comic ever um, in the canonical. How many is that? It was about it was it was around three thousand. So I, I, I guess you can make the joke that I literally love Spider-Man three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it was the whole specifically the chronolog- chronology of the mainline six one six Peter Parker Spider-Man like every issue he appears in so that includes some you know some x-men issues some avengers issues here and there but yeah it was a long journey and i finished it about a month and a half ago just in time for this movie <laughs> just in time for the holidays yeah um that's i guess that's a theme is like muppet's haunted mansion was like a halloween mm-hmm. you know event we had with you you weren't around for thanksgiving but you know you came around for christmas yeah here Love we are. That. did you have a resource with those spider-man comics like do you have some kind of like catalog or like guide to know what I to had read. a list. Someone on Reddit uh, on the r slash Spider-Man Reddit um, made a list that is like the complete chrono- chronology, which went up to it. it obviously, I started the list in 2015 um, and he continued to update it for a couple of years, but it ended in 2019. So I had to do the last two years on my own. But fortunately, I had been reading those live. So I knew the order too. So then can I ask you this? Because I've read a lot of Spider-Man comics, but not mm-hmm. like, you know, a billion like you have. Mm-hmm. What is like the best era of Spider-Man <sighs> for in your opinion? And my I, I the one that I probably liked the most. And this is I didn't expect this when I started it. I mean, you first of all, you can't really beat the Lee Ditko stuff of the, you know, very, very early. But it's it's the 60s. It's, yeah, the 60s stuff is hard to top because it's just so classic. But also it's just not as easily accessible. So in terms of like, what is the most fun stuff that I would actually recommend someone today could just hop right in is the brand new day era, which started in around 2010. And it's what happens right after uh, Peter makes a deal with Mephisto to trade his marriage to Mary Jane so that Aunt May can stay alive. 
Um, right, because it's civil and war, everyone right? Will forget, yeah, and it, it's it's exactly, and and it, so that everyone will forget his identity. So it's you know relevant to this movie, but um, in any case, right after like that storyline, I believe sucks and is like a really dumb, out of character thing for Spider Man. But wait, Spider Man making to... a deal with a sorcerer <laughs> he doesn't know very well in order to do something very convoluted was not a. <laughs> It's not as out of the box as a lot of people think, because the whole thing with Spider-Man for his whole like 60 year existence has been that he's always just in the most insane adventures ever. Um, but in terms of that being like a mainline storyline, it is kind of out of character and kind of dumb. But what I do have to say about it is that it does lead to like probably one of the best eras of spider-man ever and it's actually the same era that the 2018 ps4 game is mostly based on yeah that's a really really fun Mm -hmm. entire like the whole story behind the ps4 game is amazing yep Um, if you like that game you would like the brand new day era i did get into the superior spider-man at one point that's where uh, oh it's so fun where doc ock you know becomes peter parker Mm -hmm. like he like possesses him for Mm -hmm. a while he takes Uh, over his brain yeah, yeah, I and I reference I I caught a couple of references to Superior Spider-Man in this movie No Way Home. Mm. And I titled my review of it is like, "Oh, is this the Superior Spider-Man?" And somebody <laughs> got in in the comments and was like, "You should retitle your video because people are going to think that, you know, Superior Spider-Man gets referenced in the movie and <laughs> this is why I don't this this is why YouTube just continues to like discourse is like awful force quit <laughs> yeah. the app yeah <laughs> um yeah. yeah so we're talking about spider-man no way home on this week's show uh we're going to be talking about other uh films later in the week like nightmare alley and swan song lots of new releases but uh for now we got matt on the line and we are glad you hear you're here matt but we gotta we gotta set some spoiler ground rules right because spider-man no way home it's the biggest movie of the year like easily it's it's looking like it's going to be one of the biggest domestic openings box office wise in sheesh like ever i think um it's it's already like selling out theaters in a way that like even for pre-covid is pretty unbelievable i'm seeing so it people, again later today <laughs> there you go people are going to be watching it more than once uh, we just haven't had a movie like this in theaters i think since avengers endgame so even before spider-man far from home So we're going to talk about what we think of the Tom Holland movies for sure. We're going to talk about this movie. We're not going to give anything away past the first big trailer. Uh, The first trailer that reveals not all of the like big surprises for sure. So we're going to start things off that way. We might get into some things later, but we'll give you fair warning. Um, You know, the the boys, Matt and Will, they they told me like they kind of like held a a web shooter to my head. And I'm like, no, we're going to talk spoilers, John, you know. (laughs) you're not in control so that might happen later but for now um yeah spider-man no way home before before we talk about that movie let's talk about the the holland trilogy this was like this is the third live action spider-man film franchise right gets rebooted in 2017 john watts directing all three of these movies i think uh the writers for sure like are kind of shared right like did the writers kind of go back and forth uh there's a team of six so it's three different two man writer teams on homecoming but yeah, then chris mckenna and eric summers were on homecoming and the sequels but there were some other folks who aren't on this one i know because um jonathan uh, john francis daly 
Yeah, right? I think most of them are just on Homecoming and that it's Chris McKenna yeah. and Eric Summers on the rest. Exactly, yeah. Because that first Spider-Man Homecoming movie is like, it's a bit funnier. It's a bit more like a teen comedy, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then they kind of like made it, they kind of like figured out the formula and just gave it to those two guys from there. Jonathan Goldstein, I think, was the other guy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this this trilogy has been definitely praised quite a bit. People really like it. They like it a lot more than the Garfield um, two movies. Uh, I think a lot, most people probably are, you know, choosing the Sam Raimi trilogy over this one. If, you know, if they're really comparing them, I think will for sure is that person. Um, but, uh, in terms of like what this trilogy has been, it's been very much like a, an MCU trilogy, you know, it, it really hasn't been like a solo Spider-Man story it, you know it's it's had him kind of doing a lot of stuff we've seen him in, in the comics if we're referencing that you know teaming up with other superheroes having stories that tie into this like larger world and in my opinion that's been kind of cool because that's an interesting thing to do with spider-man that works in the comics it works in the movies too but it's certainly not to everybody's preferred taste some people are like no like you can have that that's fine i don't mind but uh let's get back to the to the Spider-Man I grew up with where it's, you know, let's have him just like really having like an emotional journey. We're not ex, you know, extra tied to like all this other lore stuff. I don't care about as much. Uh, well, you know, I, I think that you've been, a you, you, you've liked these films. Haven't you? I, I feel like every time we've talked about one of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, they, they seem okay. to me like the MCU films, you probably like more than most of the other ones. But is that true though? Sure. I mean, I definitely enjoyed Homecoming. I think of the three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, that's still my favorite, just because I admire that film for being about like the low man, the totem pole. I really like that we have this cinematic universe where we can actually kind of explore like the little nitty gritty things. I felt in terms of the movies themselves, uh, the first Spider-Man movie was the first time we could really have just like what it's like being an average Joe in this universe. Obviously, Spider-Man, Tom Holland's character, Peter Parker, isn't like an ordinary person, but we can spend more time with ordinary people through him and see like, you know, like it's a a very kind of like John Hughes-esque high school comedy, but we can kind of see like, oh, okay, like this is how it affects people when you live in the MCU. And I think that's pretty fun. Like you said, it leads to more kind of lighthearted comedic elements. But for me, I think the appeal of Spider-Man has always been that he is more of like the kind of working class superhero. Like he is the type of guy who can kind of have a little bit more at stake. He, he doesn't always successfully balance his work life and his home life. And it's just that balance of trying to do the right thing and being noble, but not always succeeding. That's been key to Spider-Man's character. I think Homecoming ultimately does that well. I've seen it three times now, and I don't think it, I think the first time was always going to be the best viewing. It it has been a little bit of diminishing returns over time, but I still think that movie kind of gets that spirit right. The Tony Starkness of it all is still kind of unfortunate. It it has an Uncle Ben problem in that there's just no Uncle Ben. And the movies have tried to rectify that, and I don't think they've done it to great success, but I admire them, I guess, for trying. Um, Far From Home, I think it's uh, it's fine. I, I don't remember it particularly well i don't like that it's outside of new york i I think people appreciate that as a change of pace but he's the friendly neighborhood spider-man and you know spider-man i ultimately i think he's just best suited for new york it's just who he is i think my favorite scene in all these tom holland movies maybe not my favorite scene but one of my favorite scenes is just when he's just kind of goofing around in homecoming he's just like 
in New York and there's like that one guy's like, do the flip. And he's just like, yeah, like that's like to me, like that's like the type of Spider-Man stuff I like. Uh, and I think Far From Home started to move away from that by having him like, uh, you know, kind of trying to be like a pseudo Avenger, I guess. And for me, that just wasn't quite as appealing. But it's, it was Tom Holland's day off. Sure. Which is fine. I, I get what the appeal, like like you said, still trying to do the John Hughes thing, but ultimately, I think I admire that movie more as a blockbuster because it's still pretty entertaining and amusing and diverting enough. But as a Spider-Man movie, I just don't think it's quite as successful. I think Homecoming is a little bit better being an appealing blockbuster while still having the core Spider-Man elements. But it's fine. And then with this movie, uh, we'll discuss that yeah. in a bit. <laughs> yeah, because I'll, I'll say real fast, I think Homecoming to what you're saying I think Vulture's, you know, Vulture with Michael Keaton, that, that to me is like, they yeah, really killed key. it with that villain, you know, yeah. that really good stakes, really good, you know, that is a movie that where he's in Tony's shadow, but it's, it's a movie that resolves with him not having the tech suit, you know, in the final fight, not having, you know, uh, this like Avengers network supporting him and him choosing to kind of do his own thing, which I think is right. uh, partly why I think, uh, yeah, Homecoming is... Probably, also, probably the most standalone of these. I mean, not probably, also, like, definitely. Yeah, I think that was also the point where they're starting to figure out the whole villain thing. Like before that, the MCU wasn't great about nailing villains, and with uh, Michael Keaton's character with Vulture, it's like you can see where he's coming from. Like it's you know, like I mean, obviously he doesn't do the right thing, but like in the first like few scenes, it's like I can kind of get where he's coming from. Like yeah, it's like a sh- it's a crummy thing, and he's he fun to, to watch. Like his whole like yeah. business and like what he's trying to do, it's it's interesting. Um, I know Matt's probably chomping at the bit to get into this, but the, I, I do think like what you, what you mentioned with the John Hughes thing, it, it there is like that sort of like you can sort of trace these to big 80s movies like the John Hughes pick, take your pick for homecoming far from home is your Ferris Bueller. And um, then you get far from home, which is like you back to the future part a billion. Um, I, I, I don't know um, if we're, we're going to get into uh far from home in too much detail but i do i do think it's a good change of pace to not have him in new york well i'm, I'm sorry i'm that person because we had six movies before we got to far from home doing the new york thing so um but matt what about you do you agree with will do you you know where, where do you where you agree disagree where are you at well um i should note that i love all of the spider-man movies like even the bad ones i just i think they're all good um and do you really love Amazing Spider-Man Part Two, or just Part? Uh, I keep saying Part Two. It just two. I'm going to be honest Amazing with Spider-Man you. Two. I rewatched all of the Spider-Man movies leading up to this movie, and mm-hmm. this is this is a steaming hot take. And I apologize for the comments right. you guys might Give get it. about this. No, I enjoyed Amazing Two more than Amazing One this time around. I do too. I've always wow. said that. I I really found it to be more entertaining all around. It's goofier to be sure. And yeah. the pacing I thought of the first amazing movie is just bad. <laughs> the well, structure the, the big of thing it. with that yeah, one. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. But the big thing is that it keeps trying to justify itself like mm-hmm. we're not Sam Raimi so I'm like we're <laughs> a little edgier like you know and it's just like He wants to turn people have... into lizards. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think I mean the the thing that I think makes the first Amazing Spider-Man better for me than the second is just Dennis Leary's performance. I think I think it's pretty underappreciated to be honest. I I think that's something that was missing in the second movie to keep it a little bit coherent. But Dennis, I get what you're saying. I can, but what the I second can movie has, I think, is a much more. The, uh, I think the whole Gwen Father, the Gwen Stacy thing with Emma Stone yes. and him being a little bit more like I think their romance is more interesting in the second one. Yes, and that's and, 
Go ahead. Him as Spider-Man is like probably uh, the closest I think the movies have ever gotten to really getting this comic book Spider-Man, which agreed. not to say that I don't like the other versions of Spider-Man. It's no. just it's cool to see like the movie actually like do that version. It's pretty well. Yeah. If I may lay it all out there, because, you know, now that I like I. It's funny. I always hesitated to call myself a Spider-Man expert because I was like, well, there's still a bunch of comics that I haven't read yet. But now I've read them all. Sure. So I feel I feel like I can, you know, I've like ascended <laughs> a little bit and I can like you've look yeah, at all that. Spider-Man. Crying, I, can, you know. I can I can yeah. I can stand on top of the Empire State Building and look at the whole, you know, canon of Spider-Man. And so here's my here's the way I like to think of it. The Raimi movies are a great adaptation of like the Silver Age Spider-Man. That's, you know, your Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, early era. He's just a working class hero. I mean, those movies have a timeless feel to them. And I think that all, you know, I mean, besides a couple dated references, um, those are, that's, that's like that era. The Andrew Garfield movies are more of like the 2000s era, kind of like the brand new day stuff. And I agree with you, John, that like the Spider-Man stuff in that movie is some of the best Spider-Man stuff there is. Um, in live action and um it's just a whole it's a big blast of fun um and i actually would say amazing too the best thing they could have done would be not to have electro be involved and to just focus on the peter and gwen conflict of like him trying to be spider-man while still so (laughs) yeah get rid of that um so then that brings us to the tom holland movies which is the original question that was asked (laughs) I think that these movies, I originally thought they were Ultimate Spider-Man, which is the reboot of Spider-Man where it's younger and it's much more drawn out and like a TV show, which is fantastic and I highly recommend to everybody. But I actually had a realization while we're sitting here, which is that the Tom Holland movies are not an adaptation of the core Spider-Man title. The Tom Holland movies are an adaptation of Marvel Team-Up which is a long-running series that has come back many times throughout the years. But the basic premise of it is Spider-Man is the main character of it, and every issue he teams up with a different Marvel character. And it's mainly it was mainly used as a showcase to like show off some of these other heroes and villains to try to get you to read their books. Um, but yeah, in this case... For, yeah, he teams up with Iron Man, then he teams up with Nick Fury, then he teams up with Doctor Strange. Exactly. It's the Spider-Man team-up trilogy. Um, and uh, But there is obviously many elements of Homecoming, or I mean, of, of the Ultimate Universe in there as well. Uh, but yeah, it's... it's uh, there. I, I think that I'm, I'm with John in that Far From Home being set outside of New York, that makes me like, like it a little bit less because I love Spider-Man swinging around New York. But as John said, we had up to that point six movies in New York. So it's totally okay to do something different for one of them because that's also how Marvel team up would be in there'd be an issue of Marvel team up where Peter Parker is in Europe for a photography thing. And And also I just think it it was, it was interesting. They got a little bit more of his like frantic, like choosing between his responsibility Mm -hmm. and like being, you know, with his friends and do like they did that a bit in homecoming, but it Mm -hmm. continues in far from home. Like it is a trilogy. And there, there, I did feel it for him because he like, that's the core of that movie is like, he doesn't want to be doing all. He just wants to be on the strip with his friends. That's why he makes that decision with Mysterio's like this Mm -hmm. other person can handle it. Mm -hmm. I I don't think you can do that really as effectively if you keep them in New York the whole time. I guess homecoming, you, they had him in uh, DC too, kind mm-hmm. of for the same thing. So they've always yeah. kind of stretched him out a bit. One of my favorite things about both Homecoming and Far From Home is that 
his supporting cast, his best friends, all have a character arc that happens entirely like off screen with him with him not there. Well, it's not entirely off screen, but they all have an arc. They all go through their own like events with Peter Parker not present. That is so accurate to the character of Spider Man, and I love that. The He's only always missing flaw, out though, on stuff. Yeah, I think I think the big weakness of that, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll agree with this, mm-hmm. is that especially in Homecoming, I think it, it it happens the worst in Homecoming, but it's also annoying and far from home. You there isn't enough Peter Parker with these people. Yes, like, agreed. They barely interact with him, and so like you have to sell, for example, that you know him and MJ are going to be an item. Mm-hmm. They barely talk, like especially in the first one. It's always yeah. just sort of like, "Where's Peter?" You know, and like the, the Homecoming, especially is like, "Well, Liz, it's you know, the, there, there has the to be this role. romance mm-hmm. with Liz." What did you say, Will? The Poochie role. <laughs> Every time Peter Parker's not around, all the other characters should be asked, "Where's Peter Parker?" Yeah. <laughs> Then you know, you know, uh, Matt uh, John doesn't it. watch Simpsons. Oh, so no. yeah, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you what you're trying to what you're trying to pull over there, but I'm sure it makes sense to some people. No, but yeah, it's like they bear, they don't really have like that arc with Peter, so that, that's always been annoying. That's not really have an issue in No Way Home, which I think like No Way Home. Let's talk about that movie. This is definitely my favorite of the the Tom Holland ones. I mean, it's just without a doubt, like far and away. You know, it, it is. I think that's an absurd opinion, but I know yeah, it's John. Not we're going to have to do some fighting with Will one. on this one. I, I've been talking to him since we saw the movie on Thursday, and All we're right. going to have to put our dukes up right now. Cracking my knuckles. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, to each of your credit, this is not an exclusive opinion. Like you, I've heard a lot of people say this. I just don't understand this opinion. Just to be honest. Well, let's let's set it up because I'm sure I'm sure there are going to be some people who are listening who are like, okay, I haven't seen the movie yet. You guys aren't talking spoilers yet, so like, just ease me in. You know, I'm scared. Uh, so let's help that person out. Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop! Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider lord. <laughs> Can we just like stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. But how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. Okay, so Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, as we mentioned before, directed by John Watts, and uh, third movie in this trilogy, really, it feels like the... Uh, Kind of like the the end, not of a trilogy, but really of like a quintology or whatever it is of like every Spider-Man appearance with Tom Holland. So that includes Infinity War, Endgame, and Civil War. I think that's pretty fair to say. It's like this feels like the conclusion to a story that started with Tom Holland, you know, assisting Tony Stark in the Avengers and Civil War. And now we're seeing him in, obviously, like this is his biggest challenge yet. Where at the end of Far From Home, we're picking up right after Far From Home, you know, he he's he got the girl, you know, and she got him. 
It's a beautiful thing. Um, him and MJ are swinging around, but J.K. Simmons, by way of Alex Jones, uh, kind of gets this uh, this video right from Mysterio being like Peter Parker or Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Also, he murdered me and like, you know, edits the video and everything. So now he has to face two big issues. The world knows he's Spider-Man and also people think that he murdered Mysterio. So one quick thing about that, too, is that like it's not super like one dimensional. It's not like uh, the second movie where like, or I guess it is close to the second Raimi movie where it's like he has his fans. People love him, but there's some people totally hate him. And so that's kind of, you know, pretty true, I think, to the the Spider-Man lore. So then and I will say, um, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I did think the post-fact uh, commentary in the second movie was pretty interesting. That was, I thought some of the more interesting scenes in the second film, truth be told. Sure, sure. I think there's a lot of commentary on a lot of Spider-Man movies in this. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. But uh, the, the, main, the main drive of this film is that the world knowing his secret identity it comes across to me like he can handle it. He's fine with it. He's like, you know what? I, I can, I can take that hit, but he quickly realizes that it is bad for his family and friends. It's bad for MJ and Ned because now they can't get into college because nobody's going to accept them. Um, he can't get into college either, but really it's more about how it's affecting them. Um, of course, like, you know, he and Aunt May now have to like live in hiding and it's just made everything more complicated. I do like that they actually devote some time to establishing the, the problem. I was a little worried the movie would only give us like a few minutes of like this and then it would just like renege on it or do something with it where it's just not an issue anymore. But it's like throughout the whole movie, like he has to deal with this. The whole world knows he's Spider-Man and we've never really seen that. We've never seen like what would it be like for Peter to actually like go to high school and just people know like of all the i don't know about, I, I don't know about the comics but i don't think of any like spider-man show i've ever watched like even the ones where people like i think venom tells the world that he's spider-man and spectacular spider-man but like nobody believes it and that's what i was like kind of dreading would happen in this um but no like everyone just kind of knows now and he's not trying to hide it so there you go so that that's the core of the movie. He goes to Doctor Strange though, and is like, "Can you can you fix this problem for me? Help you know make it so that the world forgets out Spider Man." And so then Doctor Strange agrees to help him for some reason. <laughs> and as he's doing the spell though, he tries to amend the spell because Peter's like, "Well, you know, I, I do want MJ to know." And oh, oh, and Ned, it makes the spell go out of control. Next thing we know, the multiverse crashes, and a bunch of people from other spider-man movies start showing up and wreaking havoc i guess that's all we can say for now but this is a long spider-man movie this is this is like two and a half hours i think the other two were like two hours or less i want to say like they weren't long at least i don't They're, remember them being yeah the, um i so i also did a stupid thing a couple years ago where i watched um all of the spider-man oh, movies the yeah. except for because <laughs> far from home hadn't so it was right before far from home so up to far from home not including it I watched all of the movies at the same time, and they are all right about at two hours. I think the longest one was two fifteen at that point. But yeah, this just, one is. I just see. I see yeah. it right here. Uh, Homecoming is slightly longer than Far From Home. They're yeah. both like two right. hours and ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so so with No Way Home, we we have a much longer film. We also have a film doing a lot more, a lot more characters, and I think we should say up the fourth. It's it's getting. Lots of love from critics. So it's getting lots of love from Matt and John and, and not everybody, but <laughs> we'll, we'll start with you, Will Ashton. Uh, what, what, what's, what, where are you at with Spider-Man No well, Way Home? Why is it why don't a we start beloved with film for you? <laughs> I, I don't want to start off 
on a down note. I want to start with positive. Yeah, so you, you can think... you can like dash at it. Yeah, I'm that gonna, makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I I beat to I'm gonna I want Matt to talk first because he's our guest and also I want to start on a good note. Okay, fair enough. You know what? Let's do it that way. Matt. Spider Matt. Well, uh see now I, I was I was prepared to just have all of my stuff be in response to Will's negative stuff, but you can let's, put let's yeah, just... I saw you put some boxing gloves on. You can take those off. <laughs> I'll take off the gloves. Um I love this movie very, very, very much. But I, I mean, in fairness, as with all the credentials I've established, um, this movie was also pretty much made for me. Like this was Candyland. I was just it was it's it's I've always said that Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie live action, at least because Spider-Verse, I, Spider-Verse, I believe, gives it a bit of a run for its money in terms of that. But in terms of like a standalone movie, I think Spider-Man 2 still has it. But this is the first time that I've been like, I don't know, this might be better. This might be the best Spider-Man movie we've seen. Uh, Yeah, I really, really loved it. I thought it really juggled all of its many plot lines that you just mentioned, John, very well. A lot of great character beats. All of the performances were really good. Um, I, I don't know. There was just there was a lot to love about this movie. And it's hard to like go into detail about that because you know, we are avoiding spoilers for now. Uh, but I mean, it really captures the core of Peter Parker. I think this is like the first time that Tom Holland has really got to make the role his own in some ways. Um, and it's kind of great. I, I remember John, I saw a little bit of your review, but I was avoiding reading anything before I saw it. But I remember you mentioned that, um, it kind of did what you've been wanting the last two movies to do. And I could not agree with that more. Um, this is the first one that I really do feel has felt like a Spider-Man movie. Um, as opposed to like the team up kind of thing. Um, this, this felt full force Spider-Man. We're doing the thing. It's Peter Parker. He's in New York and he's dealing with a lot of chaos. It's Spider-Man baby a <laughs> hundred years. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I said in my review, I think that this should be the worst Spider-Man movie ever made. Like it really should. I have so many Absolutely. problems with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yet it's it just it somehow is like like it's your say i do think it is one of the best i think the highs of it are higher than almost any other spider-man movie the lows aren't that low for me like the lows i can live with pretty Agreed. easily like the the issues i have and i have lots of issues but they're all sort of like yeah but i didn't care while i was watching it because you get they're so swept picks. up in it yep. It, yep i just sort of like forgive it like i just pat it on the head it's okay baby spider-man you 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 did this for me and so i'll do this for you like that's kind of my relationship with this movie and uh, we'll talk about it I, I i yeah and i agree i think that this movie out of all of the almost all of the spider-man movies in general except for two and spider-verse it has the best ending like it just i think that it takes everything that it did throughout the whole movie and it ends on a note that i think it just needed to be um in a way that like actually gets me like excited for you know i I don't even want to say excited for more spider-man movies i i don't want another spider-man movie after this actually i want to be done with spider-man for a while um like i want a long break i know matt you <laughs> you want him every year you want him i on, can't right? say i agree with that yeah but I, just, I i do i do know where you're coming from because it's a similar feeling to how i felt at the end of endgame for the whole mcu i was kind of like i think we're good here yeah, just... that, that's what it is. It's like, it's not that I would dislike another one. It's just sort of like, ah, oh, this would be a nice place to sort of give it some, some time to, to rest. But, uh, you know, I'm sure if, if another one comes out, I'm going to, you know, show up, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to 
pout my puff my chest or anything like that. Now, Will Ashton, uh, I believe you you came to this fight with with a knife. Uh, we've got our guns though, so I don't know what you uh, I don't know what you plan to do here. I the, the sad thing is that I'm not even that really defensive about the film. If anything, it just kind of depressed me, I guess, because I just find it to be a pretty aggressively mediocre film. Uh, I wish I shared your enthusiasm for it, either of your enthusiasm for it, or saw what you saw in the feel, film. But um, I guess we'll start with some of the positives, because I don't want to make it seem like a ne- I'm a negative Nancy here. I do think that this movie is a better Spider-Man movie than Far From Home. And that, like I said before, I feel like Far From Home was going more in the MCU route where it felt like he was kind of like Avengers 2.0, where he's just like Avenger adjacent, not really capturing a lot of the Spider-Man qualities that I feel are key and central to the character. I agree with you that it's nice to see more Peter Parker in these films and more of him being Peter Parker with his friends and all that. I'm cool with that. But I think while I enjoy that movie more, it's less about Spider-Man's arc. It's just kind of more like, here's another MCU movie with Spider-Man in it, and that's fine. It has some interesting political ideas, but I don't think it really, as the second part of a trilogy, I just don't think it works quite as well. So I appreciate that this movie feels like a more natural sequel for the character in that. Like, it's actually evolving the character a little bit more. There are some stakes established, however flimsy. uh, And there is a sense that, like, Spider-Man has to make some real decisions here. It's going back to the very core parable of the character, which is that with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, there are actually some moral dilemmas in this. Right. I respect that. I think that's all fine. But for me, I think the reason why the John Watts Spider-Man movies have deflated with me over time is because they feel like taffy to me in a way that the Sam Raimi movies continue to stick with me even as we continue to get so bombarded by so many superhero movies and Spider-Man movies um, in that we see from his vision, even as much as people criticize Spider-Man 3, I think he's very conscious about how he makes every creative choice. You may not agree with them, but I think they all come from a very sincere, loving place. Every creative decision in those films is very palpable. The... um, Casting is very inspired for every character in that. And I think those movies only become richer because there's so much palpable heart and love in there. And I'm not to say, I'm not trying to say that there isn't that love in these films, but for me, there's just something about them that just feels sort of deflated. I, I think part of the problem is that with this movie, they're trying to do everything for everyone. And they're trying to, like you said, like have a conclusion to the Spider-Man MCU trilogy. They're trying to kind of do a pseudo Spider-Man three for the amazing Spider-Man trilogy. And they're kind of doing an epilogue for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, actually more of like a reunion special, I guess. And I guess by trying to be everything at once, it just, I, I just don't really feel this like grandiose feel to it. I feel like a lot of the visual choices are pretty flat. I, I don't think it's as uh quite as visually dexterous as uh, I guess other people are suggesting. I, I don't remember the set pieces that well. It does have that kind of visual muddiness that I feel has been a big problem with a lot of the MCU movies. And I just found like the uh, cameos themselves, without giving away who they are, to be kind of a mixed bag. I think some people are really in the bag for it. Um, I guess it's not... Since you said we can talk about what's in the trailers, I, I think 
Defoe is the Willem Defoe is the MVP of the movie. It's clear that he's like, I'm not just doing this for the paycheck. If I'm going to play Green Goblin again, I'm going to have some fun. Like I'm going to get in the rough with it. I'm going to do some physical stuff. I am going to have fun with this character. And I think that's very palpable. And I think that, I think that improves the film quite considerably. And I agree with you, John, that the second half of the film is better for the first, for that reason. And a few others that we'll probably discuss later on. Um, I think there's uh, still that sincere energy from Tom Holland as far as his performance. I think his sort of guilelessness in the character, his like kind of boyish charm is still palpable. And I think his chemistry with Zendaya is very sincere and likable. I also still like um, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I, I feel like she doesn't get as much to do in these movies as she should, but I still really like her performance. I think it, it's very a sweet. It's a very sweet motherly uh dynamic with her and um tom holland i think is core to why i like the first two movies a good fit she gets way more in uh, this one than she ever has right i was about to say i think it's not a spoiler and fair to say that she gets more to do in this movie than the previous two movies combined that's been an issue for me like uh, homecoming far from home where is she you know and and like Mm -hmm. what what was the story for her for far from home a fling i was like okay come on (laughs) yeah which is like yeah kind of like they need to justify, like, why is Happy still around if Tom <laughs> no, if Tony Stark's not around? Oh, because, you know, it, like, they're together, I guess. I think the whatever. payoff of the fling in this one is pretty good, though. It is. It I do think Far From Home, they didn't need that just because, like, well, with Happy, yeah. it was like, you know, like, the, there's, like there's a touching moment with him with the, making the suit and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get it. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, broad strokes, what... And part of it's like, I guess, just me getting older and getting more cynical. And I'm trying not to bring that energy into the film because it's not the movie's fault or anything. But I, I, it's just like that whole thing where it's like Scorsese was saying, like, there's like cinema and there's auto visual entertainment. And I feel like this is like coherent and competent auto visual entertainment. But I just feel like it's not super appealing for what it's trying to be. Like, I think a lot of it. Especially a lot of the, I, I'm trying to dance around the cameos, but I feel like a lot of their inclusions felt awkward and flat to me in a way that wasn't intended. And I just, I don't know, if that's kind of the core of what this movie is, and that doesn't really work for me, then I, I don't really know what I'm really trying to get out of this film ultimately. Ultimately, get it? Uh, because Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I, yeah, I, I highly disagree that it's not appealing for what it is. I mean, I think that is this movie's bread and butter is that for all the issues, I think you can lay at its feet, all the nitpicks. And there are so many. Uh, I, did, I did a piece with uh, Adonis Gonzalez on Twitter. Uh, he and I talked about the movie like in kind of in detail. Also with Ryan Mar- uh, McQuaid was in there, too. And, you know, I was I was kind of the negative guy, you know, I was kind of like, you know, like I, I didn't like when they, you know, and and they were just sort of like, you know, bringing me back from the brink a little bit. Just because like we, we can't downplay or undersell how un, like sheer entertaining this is like sheerly entertaining. I don't know how you say that, but just like like sitting through this movie, it, it for me, at least it just like flew by because it's. I think the characterization in here is like right on point. And I, I think that like, I, I think it's a shame you don't remember the set pieces. I think the set pieces are kind of what keep this thing moving really quick. I think the set pieces are very, are varied. Like there are just a lot of like really key locations in a way we're like far from home. It all kind of like blends together a bit for me. Homecoming. I remember the beginning and the middle most this one. Like, I think the middle is probably the weakest part for me. But like we have like a one track scene in an apartment that is unbelievably like, where did that come from? John Watts like, oh, you can actually like add some signature style to your directing. Like, 
that's interesting um and but then also there's a mirror dimension battle in this film that just like absolutely mind-blowing stuff um and i totally forgot about that scene until right now john watts said scott derrickson hold my beer <laughs> basically i i think that i wouldn't be surprised if uh you know that was one of those things where they brought in like the marvel second unit you know <laughs> to kind of come in but then also i think like i think the fine the finale is like just pitch perfect to like what it was going for uh it just it, it there are times when this movie feels like just a reaction instead of a movie it feels like okay this is a you know fa- this isn't fan service this is like fan servitude you know this is like pretty slavish to the many people who have been watching these films for a long time have been disappointed by these films for a long time and i've seen a lot of reviews where people are like this is this is the greatest hits you know it's like oh this movie's doing the greatest hits i firmly disagree i think this movie is like highs and lows from throughout all the spider-man stuff it's not just like alfred molina as dr octopus it's also i won't say but like it's retconning and i think you touched on it well it's retconning a lot of things with the Raimi and Garfield trilogy that were a little bit, you know, left hanging, you know, especially this question of like, well, what do you do with like these villains? Like, do you just let them die? And I think that was an actually like an interesting question. I think you said too, well, it was like the, uh, there, there are some stakes to that. There, there is like this moral dilemma for Peter to, to sort of address. And then that's where the film is really good. I also think the film is super hilarious. I mean, it's just funny. Like I, it's as funny as homecoming, if not more, which far from home was funny, but I think it was Ooh, slight step down in comedy. Say again. I homecoming is definitely the funniest of the three. I, I had no real laugh moments from this film, but that's me. I understand. I had, I had a good amount. I had a, I was kind of laughing out of my chair a little bit in this one, which is, uh, you know, obviously different strokes, but, uh, yeah, Matt, how do you want to make Will feel out of, you know, out of out of the gang. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I'm I am understanding of Will's opinion on it because he he and I have discussed like the spoilers and everything, and I I genuinely do see where he's coming from for a lot of his criticisms. Um, and it is ultimately, I think, a case of different strokes for different folks. Uh, because I was j- like like John, I was laughing out of my chair in this movie, um, having a total blast at every moment. Uh, but. I don't know. Some I'm trying to think of like what Will's criticisms are that I can like counter or 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 even agree with. I think um, I think it'll be easier once we open up the spoiler talk. I think right? so too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we can get a little bit more specific. So mm-hmm. why, why don't we just like wind well, that down into like a mm-hmm. couple last things, can and I... then we'll play our Rotten Tomatoes yeah. game, and then we'll we'll spoil <laughs> it up. All right. Um, I mean, some things I wanted to address from what you were saying, John. I think for me, I. I have seen a considerable amount of John Watts's filmography. For instance, he directs one of my favorite music videos, the Fat Boy Slim Wonderful Knife video. He also did the TV for the radio Wolf Mike Lee video I like a lot. Um, there's also uh, he did Cop Car and Clown, which I think are pretty fun inspired movies. He worked for so the, like the Onion, saying, didn't he? I think too. But you're saying like where this um, John Watts come from? But it's like I feel like he's throughout his career proved himself to be a pretty varied and inspired filmmaker i'm I'm just saying and, that for the spider-man films i think the spider-man films I mean. he's been kind of invisible in my opinion see i think i see more of that inspiration in homecoming that kind of pluckiness that's key to spider-man and i just don't really see that with the sequels 
I guess this is where we fundamentally well, I think disagree. Plucky, I, well, I think that that's kind of a point, isn't it? That it can't be that same energy because he's growing up and to do that would feel like a step back, right, for the character. But what I'm saying is that I feel like there's an anatomy to this film and the last film that doesn't seem central to John Watts. Maybe I'm just forgetting stuff because I don't find these films to be particularly memorable. I, I'm but talking I more of yeah. like quirks of the filmmaking. Like I was going to say, yeah. I, I agree with like, John. What, I though? think this movie has more of like director's fingerprints on it than either of the pet. Like this has that like... Like, uh, that John mentioned that um, single take shot towards the beginning of the movie. That part is excellent. And I was like, this is a directed. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, I felt that was that that disrake of a uh, reeked of uh, artifice to me. I guess that's where we just fundamentally disagree. I felt that that was like trying to evoke the sort of like. Can't believe you're uh, making me Google what artifice means. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't. It, it, it seemed insincere to me in a way that I. I just couldn't really get into it. I have to disagree. I think it's an effective scene for capturing the sort of like the panic mode that he's in. And it, it takes a, a, it takes a moment that could be very easily like not have weight to it, which is Aunt May and happy finding out that the world knows now. And it does, I think one of the most interesting things with it. And it's, it's a funny version to do it where it it begins in the room where he literally gets caught with his pants down. And like from there, it just escalates and escalates. And yeah, I just have to disagree. I think it's I think it's like a really, really good version of that scene. It could have been very like you said before that to me, it could have been flat. It could have been visually muddy, but I think they did it in a very visceral, engaging way. Yeah, I guess for me, though, I just and this is, I guess, where we kind of corely disagree. I just I don't when I watch this movie, I don't think like, oh, that's inspired choice. I think like oh, how did they schedule it so that they could have this person, this person on the same day? Like, I keep thinking about the filmmaking of it in a way that just, I can't really get engaged with it and I don't really find it entertaining because I just, I, I'm so caught up thinking about the filmmaking process in a very corporate, calculated way that I just don't find myself wholly invested in the actual film itself. Ah, yeah. so um, cynicism. There's no way. There's... <laughs> I'm trying not to be cynical, though. That's well, my problem. That's the thing I'm is, like, it's so hard really to control hard. that, you know, if you feel, if, if you're I feeling know. that, if you're seeing Agreed, that in the movie, yeah. it's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, yeah, yeah I you know, can't. Very well. I'm, I, I, get, I, I'm, I, I get feel that's bad. a me problem, but Go ahead. it's a film problem and it's a me problem. I get both. Yeah, I, I feel bad that you didn't like it because, like I said, none of that stuff even registered for me. I was just... I was a kid in a candy store having a blast. So I and, and, and you were kind of seeing the guy in my back poisoning the candy and just being like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> um, I know John Watts is going to be making the next Fantastic Four movie, and I, I, I can definitely see that being something that I could go in like any direction because I'm like this guy. I feel like he is kind of figuring out what he can do with a superhero film that hasn't been really done before. Uh, like that confidence I think is coming through, but um, any, any last, any last words before we, we start to talk about things that cannot be talked about in a spoiler free discussion. Okay. I think you guys are, you guys are ready to go. Let's play a Rotten Tomatoes game. We don't want to leave those folks out. Uh, Rod Tomatoes. We're going to guess the score and, and Matt, you're our guest. Now we're the day we're recording this. I'm sure it's going to change could go up it could go down it could go sideways but out of 278 reviews and again i think we're still probably like 100 or so away from that from this being the final um but out of those reviews yeah what do you think is the rotten tomatoes critic score for spider-man no way home well i don't know i I don't know if i can fairly play this because i think i actually know it but I, i i i guess i don't know for sure so 
Should we start with Will? Because he might. Yeah, not I was going to say because I, like I, I a... saw it. I think I saw it like yesterday. So I. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we sorry, should start. I didn't with realize Will, this was a thing. <laughs> it's all good. Did we do it for Haunted Mansion? We probably did, but I, I forgot. Think... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we're not very memorable. It's fine. <laughs> Will, what hey. do you think? Um, I know it's in the ninety percent. I don't know exactly where it is in the ninety percent. Um, my guess is going to be ninety four percent. So Will guess ninety four. What about you, Matt? What do you think? I'm going to say 95. It's 94. Right. It's 94. 94. Damn. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well. Shoot. Yeah. You should have, you should have, uh, gone if with a little aim for the king. You best <laughs> not miss. You seem, it seems so. Well, now I just have to, we need to make sure that a couple more people write positive reviews. So I'll be right in the end. Well, well, <laughs> what about cinema score? We have 10 or not cinema score. We'll do that in a second. But, um, what about audience score? We have 10,000 plus verified ratings. Why not mix it up? Let's do cinema score right now. We don't usually do that second. I haven't, I haven't brought it up yet, so I don't have to. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring it up while we, uh, yeah, yeah. But okay, audience um, score, what do you think, Well, You know what? I'm going to guess both since we brought them up. Uh, I think audience score is going to be 98%, and I think the cinema score is going to be a flat A. Flat A. And what, what, what did you say for the audience score again? 98%. 98%. All right, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that there's some wills out there. Uh, that are tanking, not tanking the uh, audience score, but they're hurting it a little bit. So I'm going to say 96 on the audience score. 99%. There are a lot it. of those wills. I was like, I can either go above or below Will, and I'm going to be the. I, w- I decided to go with the more conservative <laughs> choice. I was wrong. Yeah, it's never never a good choice to be more conservative than Will Ashton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, what about Cinema Score, Matt? Uh, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to say, I don't really, is the cinema score, is that based on fans or critics? So no, there's a a group of people in Las Vegas. We don't know who they are. We don't know who they, what they're doing. We don't know their religions. We don't know their political affiliations. (laughs) Or how they feel about the Spider-Man movies. I guess we do know that. (laughs) Yeah, we're about to. For some reason, yeah. For some reason, their opinions are very, very important and, Mm. uh, we, we tally and value them. So, uh. What do you think? We don't like I said. We don't know anything about them, but they tend to they tend to like a lot of stuff. You said a flat so. A. I'm going to say an A plus. Matt got you on this one, Will Ash, and it is an <laughs> A plus. I figured that I I was just like, well, we talked about A plus scores last week, and I was thinking about some of the movies that we got there. I was like, I was trying to think like, did they like this more than Green Book? Like, I I'm going to say no, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Well, the other, I mean, it was not a bad guess because No Way or not No Way Home, but Far From Home and Homecoming both had. A cinema scores. So this is the first A plus for the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. But okay, let's open it up for a little bit of a spoiler talk so Will can make his case, you know, because he certainly hasn't convinced me that uh, No Way Home is a bad movie or uh, a movie that I can um, I can't forgive for its many foibles. My big and I'm not trying to convince anybody. To be fair, I mean you can like the movie. I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, but. I mean, I'm just trying to maybe it's to me, it's coming across opinion. less like maybe it's more of like you just want us to understand your sure. your your issues. And we want right? to understand you. I mean, speak for yourself, Matt. <laughs> well, I also yeah. want to know what John's foibles are. Uh, my foible. My foible is that the too. magic spell of it makes no sense. It's it's ridiculous. Like, are we in spoilers right now? I thought you're going to count it down. Um, well, I guess that's not really a spoil. 
right? But <laughs> let's open it up. I did say like let's open it up, but like, this yeah, is your, your last warning. Whatever. Yeah, final warning. We're gonna talk about all the stuff you wanted yeah. to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Starting now, you've been warned. Uh, but okay. Yeah, the magic spell makes no sense. In especially, what regard? especially like in the end of the movie, when like the the parameters of it. Like mm. what logistically, how does this even work? Like, yeah. do they erase evidence? Like, can somebody watch a broadcast um, that was saved and be like, who's that Peter Parker guy? Like, they could just easily be reminded this whole thing. We're like, oh, yeah, MJ think- and Ned don't remember me. Doesn't he have photos with them? And why would they forget who Peter Parker is? They just forgot that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wouldn't they still remember him? It's, I think what you're trying to ask is, is there a Mandela effect in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what? how does this work? Because like, you could easily have it. So Doctor Strange would be like, hey, in order for this to work, I have to erase their memory of not just you being Spider-Man, but that they would forget Peter Parker. That is and what he says. Is that what he says? Yeah, that's he says the only way to do it is to make them forget about Peter Parker. Like, forget who Peter Parker is. Okay, I thought it was just, like, that first spell where they forget. No, no, no. The first spell was at the beginning of the movie. At the end of the movie, that's why this will work. Yeah. Because the first one got messed up and is what caused all of this in the first place. At the end, the mm-hmm. way to resolve it is everyone has to forget about Peter Parker, period. That helps a lot. That right. that actually... Well, I'm okay. glad. <laughs> I, that actually, like, makes me a little bit more like, okay, that I think I just missed that. Now, I do still have the issue where... How can like, he get what an is the memory of Spider Man? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, all of that stuff. I think like the, the idea of him being anonymous now is great. I oh, love I the, how it's, the ending. It's a wonderful like, way to set the slate for the future. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the tech suit anymore. He's doing his own. He's actually like a Spider Man. This is what we've been wanting. This is what I've been wanting yeah. out of the MCU Spider Man all this Me time. Me too. Like, <laughs> it's like get rid of the. He doesn't need like Karen or whatever her name is. You know, yep. telling he's him what to do. And I, I love that. But like this whole idea, like. Their memories of like who Spider Man is is like very nebulous to me. It's like what are the yeah, limits? Yeah, especially. Of that? Well, I think the thing that muddies it up is they show him at the grave talking to Happy, and he's like, "How did you know her through Spider Man?" And it's like, "Wait, how did May know Spider Man?" Like, so yeah, my that's, guess that's what I mean. My guess is that it's basically like this: people remember interacting with Spider Man, but they don't remember who Spider Man was. So like, I think I, I May, saw somebody be like, "It's like his face is blurred or something." Exactly, in their which is how it is in the comics. Uh, whenever people, when, whenever he does this, because because the thing is, all of this actually is a direct reference to the arc that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, where um, he makes the deal with the devil. Because what Peter remembers happening is that he went to Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and Reed Richards, and they all worked together to make this big spell that causes everyone to forget that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Um, and there's like tech involved and everything. And, I was going to say so, like Reed Richards does like magic. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, he, they they help with the tech of it all. And, sure, sure. uh, but that's, there's like a, there's an issue where the fantastic, like he has to now make the conscious decision to reveal himself. Cause there's like a point where someone takes off his mask and it's, it is just a blank face. They're not able to see it. So it's, yeah, it's nebulous. My other, is my other foible word. is, uh, I think, I think the lizard is really weird in this. <laughs> Like, I genuinely, yeah, yeah, I genuinely don't understand what's going on there. Um, and then also, how in the world does Doctor Strange get trapped there for 12 hours? He's Doctor Strange. Like, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. But he, it, it's just such a like convenience thing. It's like we have to, like, I don't know. It was stuff like that where it's like, I get where you're coming from, Will, where it's just like, it's so manufactured you know but th- those are just a few of the big ones for me there there are a few more but um I'll, well what about you what, what, what's what's your big gripe so my big gripe is that 
this movie is kind of trying to have it both ways in that it is revealed that basically this is this whole trilogy is the origin story for Spider-Man. Like it is the origin for Tom Holland's character, his evolution as accepting and fully embodying Spider-Man. Tony, he doesn't have an Uncle Ben, but Tony Stark and Aunt May are like both Uncle Ben for him. And I feel Very like Lynchian in that way, right? Lynchian? In what way? That's not the word I expected to hear for Spider-Man No Way Home. The idea of like this old Uncle Ben is this young Aunt May embodied by a... Anyway, no, that's just me. You mean Freudian? Not Freudian, no, but... Okay, I don't know what you mean It just feels like something I would see in a Lynch movie where it's like an old man is inhabited by the souls of like two different people, one of them being a a young version of an old woman in a different previous... Let's just go ahead, Willis. (laughs) Okay, I... Um, I, I... think i kind of get what you're trying to imply there but i I don't quite follow but um yeah i think for me it's like here is the origin of spider-man but it's also the conclusion for spider-man it's like both at once it is spider-man becoming accepting spider-man but it's also like we have to you know put a nice bow on the garfield spider-man movies we have to conclude this trilogy of spider-man that we established and we have to pay our dues with the Raimi movies and kind of be like, here it is. Like, this is like the the grandfather of them all. Like, you know, right next to Stan Lee and, you know, all the people at Marvel, like he's the one responsible for the MCU being the MCU at this point. Right. And it does all and, of that and does it pretty well. It's pretty, yeah, I agree. Well, it's really great. It's a high balance. I guess <laughs> if it had pulled that off, I guess better for me, I would have really respected it for, for me. Like I said before, I just feel like I get so caught up in the calculations of it and the idea of like, they have to do all this, this, and this, that I feel like each individual moment is cheapened because it can't do everything at once. And like we said before, I feel like at least for me, especially coming off of Eternals, like we're kind of at this point where I think they've They've done this balancing act for so long. It's been impressive for the most part, but I feel like it's all kind of starting to crumble, at least for me. And I, I get the other people, it's really working for them. And I'm not, like I said before, trying to take that away from anybody. Like, I, I get that this is really doing the number for them. And I don't I'm gonna, want to take that away. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you for a moment. Well, not interrupt, but sure. just, I'm just going to counter the because because I do yeah. I do see what you mean uh, that like, oh, everything, it's getting a little too big for its britches and it's starting to crumble. But yes. I'm just going to briefly recall, uh, in 2015, oh. I saw okay. uh, Avengers Age yes. of Ultron Age of with Ultron. Will Ashton, and he said the exact same thing, <laughs> and okay. that was six years ago. But that but that was before <laughs> like we really got like uh, Avengers Endgame. Ah, okay, so got, this is before we like, got whatever's you know, coming next. I mean, you, just, you, <laughs> you know. But no, but like, but I think you would agree that like, after 2015, like they had like different creatives involved, right? And we had yeah. Black Panther, and we got like these like like they yeah. respected a little bit more of the artistic mm-hmm. integrity. So are you saying they're not going to do that anymore? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying <laughs> that I just think that we're getting to the point of no real return. Like I think we're getting to a point now where like Marvel isn't really being anything specific and nuanced and personal for anybody. And I can respect that people disagree with that, but for me at least, it just feels like. I'm so uh, aware of what it's trying to do in terms of the narrative or the timeline here that I'm not really thinking like personal choices or like what John Watts as a filmmaker is really bringing to this personally or like in a way that Raimi's movies feel so earnest and sincere as a filmmaking vision 
or even to some extent, even like what Mark Webb was trying to do under the restrictions of Sony being just insane and not knowing what they want for the property. You know what? I will actually, uh, I'll give you that. I, I, I will concede that that is one of my biggest gripes with the MCU is they feel a little bit committee designed. Um, and I think there is appeal to that, but there's also not appeal to that. And I, but I, I, but my only qualm is I don't think this movie and Eternals are the ones to be criticizing because I would say that both of those pre- feel directed at least, especially Eternals. But, well, um, uh, can I can I bring up Eternals? I mean, Eternals, yeah, because yeah. I think Eternals is a is like the biggest counter to what Will's saying. Because because here's sure. the thing, Will. The, the Eternals for me, Eternals the big issue was with that trying to be different. I get that, it was trying yeah, to be well. But, it, it, here's the thing. Eternals is a great like attempt, like it's a great like uh, a step. But the problem with yes. that movie is that it doesn't have that like central narrative, that whole like this is what this movie is first and foremost. I think Eternal right. suffers from what you're talking about, where the subplots distract from the main plot because I never no. understood why I was watching what I was watching. But I never felt that in No Way Home. I always felt like I totally understood what is the most important thing about this movie. It's about Peter, you know, figuring out what how like what his life is going to be like as a superhero is he going to be the superhero like these other spider people where their villains die and he just lets that happen is he going to keep living in the shadow of others and not grow up like that's always the main thing the subplots in this movie as you're saying like you're saying like for you it's not as good of a balancing act but i think they they're all subplots they're all sort of like pieces to a larger puzzle that all fit together and i don't think that they come at the expense of Tom Holland's journey as Spider-Man. They all are in service to it. Like with all the villains, like there are a lot of villains that show up in this, but like collecting them and like Peter getting overwhelmed by them and them trying to like rationalize their universe, it all services Peter being like, I'm not just going to leave them behind. It's it's of a piece with the other films. And then when you have the whole thing where you have Tobey Maguire and you have Andrew Garfield in this movie, which we haven't even talked about, but like, I think like yeah. having them in there and showing like this is like what you this is what your life could be. You know, this is what you know you could be dealing with. Don't learn, you know, learn from our mistakes. Like I think all of that is in service. So I didn't feel like it was just like an extra ingredient that doesn't fit. In the same way that like Eternals has stuff in it where I'm just like what is the point of that? Like it doesn't sure. like is this Cersei's story? Is it Icarus's? Right. Why are they you know, so that that's my main thing. I I think this movie does have yes. a focus that works yeah i mean well to clarify what i was trying to say before i think with eternals and no way home they have similar but different problems in that i think eternals is getting too big for its bridges because it's like hey we're at a point now where you can introduce 10 random characters that like even marvel fans don't know particularly well to in a 150 million dollar blockbuster and get the same success that we get with guardians of the galaxy or black panther or ant-man or something like that like in a way that like i i think i admire that film because like you're trying to say like it's trying to be more artistically friendly like it's going more for like letting chloe's out doing what she wants with the film which i think is what marvel should be doing the problem as you're suggesting is that they just kind of like she just got says too much of you in one film like I, I think she has to try to establish 10 characters try and make an appealing blockbuster but also try to make something similar to vision while also being appealing to the stockbrokers at disney corp and i just don't think that balancing act quite works with uh no way home it's like you're trying to say where it's like they are trying to have this whole overarching narrative that's like here is like spider-man 
not only as a character, but as a franchise that continues to be one of the biggest core characters of 21st century film. Like going back to like the very beginning, like in early 2000s. And it's like, here is this kind of overarching narrative and why Spider-Man is so important to cinema people or cinema fans, why people keep coming back to see Spider-Man movies and all this stuff while respecting the lineage, respecting the history of it and all that. I can appreciate that. I feel like if it was done better, but I think the core scene for me that I guess works for you guys, but just doesn't work for me is a scene where we have all the villains like locked up with Dr. Strange in that like little chamber center. And they're all kind of like, Hey, like, in my universe, X, Y, Z, but it's like, well, in my universe, X, Y, Z. And I feel like, okay, that's a really interesting idea there. It's like the idea, like they all kind of have to reckon with the idea that like, they all have similar stories, but they have different consequences and different ideas. And it's like, that could be a pretty meta interesting idea for exploring what like is the core of franchise filmmaking and all this stuff. And I feel like that scene is so deflated by, I don't know if it's COVID restrictions or the scheduling, but it's like, here is a medium shot where we shot Willem Dafoe saying some stuff like two months ago. And then like, here is Rife Eifens recording some lines in his bathroom. And then we're going to animate the lizard here. And here is uh, Alfred Molina looking kind of bored with the Doc Ock stuff. And it's like, Willem Dafoe is going to say the line because it's a meme. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself I'm, and everyone claps. I, 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 I... I see where you're coming from, but I'm going to be honest. I think the biggest issue that it sounds like you're having is that you're missing the forest for the trees of this movie. You're like focused Maybe. on all the details of like, uh, this part looks bad because it's, it's, they did it during COVID. So it's, you know, it, it feels stitched together, which is a valid criticism to be clear, but like, sure. Don't focus on that. <laughs> focus on the fun I'm not of the trying scene. To. I, yeah, and I that's, get that it's not always it's a not choice. I get. Fun yeah, I, I know. I know because there's no pace. There's no. Energy I'm just. That's my like diagnosis of of what your sure. problem seems to I be. I mean, I these are some of the weakest saying, parts of the movie. So it's not like I'm far sure, from yeah. you on there. Well, I'm not far yeah, from. That home. should be the core of the film. Why else would you have all these characters coming back and interacting with each other if that's going to be one of the weakest scenes in the film? I don't get this. I think there are other I'm moments sorry. that make up for it, at least for me. Um, I mean, to be totally honest, like I think um, for me, my big gripe kind of related to this stuff is like Peter just decides to cure them. And it's a very weird like it's a weird direction that the second act goes in and it's it's a little sloppy yeah. of like yeah. what did, wait what and it, like it, it works when he makes a decision with the box and he's like i'm gonna take the box i'm gonna you know figure something else out but then it just sort of like transitions into we're gonna let these guys out of their cages and i don't know there's not enough like proper setup for like what goes on there and like what his plan is and he makes some choices that i think why are the just, lizard stays in the truck like yeah <laughs> why am i gonna bring my yeah. aunt into this and like yeah. put her in danger i don't think the movie well, really reckons with the guilt that he has because like he should feel guilty for like what he did there I, I think there's a little bit of that overconfidence of like i can handle this i'm a man now but like i don't know i think that the film just doesn't quite it, I think if there's anything that the film tries to have it both ways in, it's Tom Holland's like the tragedies that he faces, mm -hmm. like with losing Aunt May, almost losing MJ. I don't think that the movie quite handles that exactly right, even though the emotional beats themselves are really, really good. Like I was genuinely like feeling for the kid, but I don't think it has the same sort of like, you know, inevitability that the, the other Spider-Man movies have. It's, it's kind of weird in that respect. Can I talk about the things I do like, though? Please do. I uh, guess. All right. 
Um, so since you brought it up, um, I think the movie becomes significantly better when Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are introduced, not merely as cameos, but supporting characters. Agreed. Something that I genuinely did not expect. Like I was totally like, agreed. I thought, I thought Andrew Garfield was going to get like two or three scenes. And then we're going to have like one moment where like we see a web shoot out and it's like, Tobey Maguire's here. Like, eh, and he's just like, Hey, good on you, kid. <laughs> pizza time. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Pizza, pizza, time. Pizza, pizza, pizza time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, eat your vegetables, be a good kid. Anyway, I'm going to go back to my universe. I don't understand this at all. Bye. Um, I honestly thought that's what was going to happen. And I like that Tobey Maguire, because we haven't seen the guy act in, like, I mean, years, right? It's been a while. For me, it was Great Gatsby was the last thing I saw with him. For me, I think it was Labor Day, the Jason Reitman movie. Um, I'm, I'm looking it I, up now because I, I, I generally don't remember either. I remember Brothers was, like, the last thing. I know he was in the Boss Babies, but just as the voice, right? Yeah, the narrator, the first one. The first pawn sacrifice. He come back for his suit. That was his. Oh, pawn, yeah, where he played um, Bobby, uh, Fisher. Bobby Fisher. Yeah. Where is he? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do you remember that from SNL? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, for that scene, like I was like, okay, like this stuff's working for me. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I'm like those scenes, like it's fun. They have like kind of a pun, palpable chemistry together. I like when like Ned's like Peter Parker. And he's like yes, and it's like no, the real Peter's like we're all Peter, and it's just like like that stuff's like that's what I want. From a cross universe stuff, I don't think it's quite as good as like in the Spider Verse when they do that stuff. But I like the bit I, with I the think, web shooters where they're where, yeah, where it's like you, you what, is, like what are those for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's like the stuff I want from like a cross uh, crossover. We do get movie. some of that from the villains, right? Like we get a little bit. Like there's a scene where Sandman and Electro are kind of having like a back and forth that I thought I was like, man, that's actually really interesting. And I think that they, like I mentioned before, they retcon some of these villains where I think Electro mm-hmm. is more interesting in this movie. I think Sandman's not quite as strong. I, I think no. he's the weak link for me. Him and Lizard. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are goofier moments where Lizard is just like, I wanted to make people into Lizards. And, like, the other villains yeah. are like, dude, like, what? Well, <laughs> they acknowledge that, like, all of these guys are, like, scientists who did something that messed themselves up. Yeah, like... yeah, there's, like, that whole thing. is like, you like, watch where you fall. You know, like, yeah. that's the stuff that, like, I'm like, this is hilarious. But I do agree that it, uh, it's stronger when we have Garfield and McGuire in there because, like, yeah, it's just, it's so meta and it, it should be awful. Like, it should be so, like, cringe. But for me, it isn't because, like, I love those guys. They, and there's there's a heart and sincerity to it. Like, you were mentioning, like, where's the earnestness? Where's the sincerity of the Raimi movies? I think it's there. Like, that's, like, when this right, movie, like, Toby. really comes together. Yeah, he, they, they, I was talking to Will about this a little bit after the movie. But I, one of the things I thought they did well was, like, emphasizing the differences of the Peters. Like, whenever Andrew Garfield shows and up, he's, I, like, which, yeah, Will disagrees. He's neurotic. He's insane. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> like Andrew Garfield shows up and he's like a little snarkier and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm just, I was, I've been here. And then Toby Maguire yeah. shows up and he has like the big dopey grin. He's like, Hey, sorry. I just came in your door. Oh, it's gone. Like it's, it's, <laughs> they got it. They nailed it. In my opinion. I think uh, they just, they have a mastery over those characters, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think it was like fitting it. Oh. Like they fit the suit pretty perfectly. But I wanted to highlight Andrew Garfield in particular, because I feel like he's the kind of thing that makes me appreciate the movie more and also more critical of the film indirectly because Andrew Garfield, I feel like is the one who has the most to prove with this film because he was the one that kind of, I think, I hope this isn't too bold to say, maybe this is my hot take for the episode. I think in terms of acting, Andrew Garfield is the best actor of the three 
like Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire. I think that's for he's sure. The best. I totally yeah, agree okay. with that. Yeah, undoubtedly. I didn't know if that was a hot take no. to say or not, but um, <laughs> his performance think, saves is like the saving grace of those movies. <laughs> Him and Emma Stone. Yes, Emma and, Stone credit. And Ooh. yeah, he and he got a raw deal. I think he got like screwed over by two movies that frankly just didn't really know what they wanted to be. They're also trying to appeal to stockholders and also try to like kind of justify their existence and. I mean, he. I think he does a good job in both films. I, I don't. I don't think his performance is ever the weak link in any of those films. But he just never really got the proper time to shine. And I think this movie, you know, even like that little cute scene with um, him and Ned and MJ, where he's just like kind of doing banal things, but like just trying to prove that he's Spider Man. It's just like this has way more life and energy to it to every to end compared to any other scene in this besides Willem Dafoe stuff. And it makes me like okay, like yeah, it's fun. And, and like I think. There's a, a, a scene that I think is one of the, like, the few emotional moments that work for me in this film are primarily with Andrew Garfield. The first is where he's mourning the loss of Gwen Stacy. I feel like that was actually genuine, sincere. And I think it's pretty palpable when he actually rescues um, Zendaya's MJ. And, like, he's, like, on the verge of crime because he actually was, like, kind of do, he was able to do in this universe the one thing he couldn't do in his own. And it's like, it's okay, like, that's where... Like, that's where, like, this kind of, like, multi-layered narrative is actually working. And I think that's primarily because of Andrew Garfield. But then, like, you see an actor like that who, in same with Willem Dafoe, like, you see these two actors who are, like, giving it their all, like, returning to the characters and doing as good, if not better work than they were doing before. And it's just, like, then, like, everything else just kind of stands out as flat and not very really interesting to me because their performances remind me of how much better this movie could be. And it just is, like, then I'm just seeing like it, like I said, this it makes the movie better and worse at the same time. Might I guess for me, it's just like, oh, good, that's in the movie. I like it more now. You know, it's just like I guess a difference. Like I wasn't feeling like, oh, I wish more of the movie was like this. I was like, oh, I'm glad the movie is like this. I guess is what happened with me. That's how it. I feel too, John. Yeah, I'm just able to, right. you know, that's fair. Overlook some things, you know, but all right. I do. I did want to mention, um, yeah, Aunt May dies in this, and it's yeah, they did what the comics could never do. Right. And I think that it's like it, it, it serves the story so well. Right. Where like we end it and he really is on his own. Yeah, No Aunt May, no friends, no like it's so it's such a downbeat thing. But like at the same time, it's like such a like inspiring kind of thing that he's like in a soldier on anyway. And that's the only reason like I could if it wasn't for like that note on the way it ends, I would just be like, I'm done with Spider-Man for ever you know like i really don't need another one of these but like if it's we Spider-Man did get another one i'd be so curious of like what happens with this guy next like the, i don't know this movie is so good at just like getting me curious about like what's going to happen in the next scene it's like oh doc ock is in this what happens next it's like oh now we have more villains what happens next he and dr stranger like at oz what happens like it all of that stuff i think it, it hooks you like every single scene and just keeps going and going and going and i think that if there is one thing that I am worried about with this movie, kind of to Will Ashton's credit, I think that it, this movie could have really, really bad diminishing returns. That's like my real big worry that like the more we watch it, it's just going to be like, that doesn't, that's not as good as the first time, you know, it's like, I didn't the, see that with a crowd this that's time. That's my, yeah, that's my issue with all the John Watts Spider-Man movies, which makes it even more, you know, I, which of a concern. we do differ on because I think homecoming has been richer for me on subsequent viewings. I agree. Far from home has yeah, been the same. Yep. I've seen Far From Home twice. I I liked it both times. I didn't love it both. You know, I didn't like it less yeah. or more. But then Homecoming, I've like 
repeatedly been like, ah, oh, man, that's such a that's such a funny mm-hmm. scene. Or like, I didn't oh, love yeah. Homecoming the first time I saw it. I like really enjoyed it, but then since revisiting it, I've liked it more each time. Um, I will, and I will also say that that concern of like whether this will be diminishing returns is the reason that I still haven't like said for sure if I think this is better than Spider-Man 2 or not, because I, I need to see it again to be sure. See, uh, I definitely don't think it's better than Spider-Man 2. Like uh, nothing it's, it's, for okay. me. I don't think it's better. I think I might like it more. I should I should use my words carefully. You, we, we could say, yeah. You might be surprised that, that I'm going to say I don't think this is better than Spider-Man 2. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you think it's better than the third Spider-Man 3. <laughs> oh it's not no this is probably my second least favorite spider-man movie what's your least favorite um amazing spider-man 2 i just threw up off screen different different uh, about... different strokes um Jeez, we don't know we don't man. i don't want to rank the spider-man movies because snore i hate ranking um, things we can we can rank them yeah rank the movies by how good their memes are that'd be fun but uh <laughs> i think spider-man well, 2 then wins the, the cake, first movie wins the first or second yeah uh, yeah but i think the first one has more than memes right Probably does. It has something of scientists. Yeah. I but second yeah. one has pizza time. Well, I mean, pizza That's time. True. Power pizza of the time. Of my hands. I think it's the yeah. second one has more memes. Right. We, we'll we'll yeah, have yeah, to do a right. bonus episode. I know. I know. We have a hard stop with this, so we got to kind of finish things out. Okay. And um, no, yeah. If, if my favorite is easily Spider Man Two. I think Into the Spider Verse is better for me as well because I think that that movie will hold up. It's a little bit more timeless. Yeah. Whereas like this movie, it requires too much. You you have to watch it's like Endgame. You have to watch way too many movies to get to it. So like I can't be like, yeah, it's better than this one or I like it more than this one. But as a sheer movie, I think it's in the top three. Like if I ranked it, it would probably be number three for me right now. Um, but I know Will, you you got your soft spot for Spider Man three. And you know, I Good film yeah i enjoy it yeah i don't i don't don't hate spider-man 3 i hate what it did to me when i watched it in the theater and i had my expectations way too high i learned a lesson that day you know kind of like peter in this movie you know but uh yeah let's uh let's finish it out then uh anything else you guys want to touch on before we go uh i'll just say that um in terms of the like end game of it because i i really do think this movie is spider-man end game um it's it it ties up everything it, the slate's cleaner than it ever has been for spider-man movies uh like going forward it's a totally new ball game but i think that that aspect of it that like fact that like how john said you have to kind of watch a whole bunch of things to get it all um i think i mean and this is where my personal bias really comes in strong which is because i've read all of spider-man um that to me feels more like Spider-Man than anything else. Like Spider-Man is always having these completely insane adventures that require you to maybe know what's going on elsewhere. And even if you don't, you can still probably enjoy it. Uh, You just might not get all of the little nuggets. And so that's why I think this is like the best Spider-Man comic movie. Maybe, I don't know. Spider-Verse is still, it's, it's really, they're hard to compare because it's Spider-Verse is doing something else. Uh, But I, I love this movie. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again later today. Uh, and I think that it's really something special. And I hope that a lot of people like it as well. And I'm sorry that Will didn't. Uh, I don't think any less of Will Thank you. for not liking well, well, it, to be clear. I, I, I love Will. If anything, I, 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 I think more of Will because what a yeah, brave it's kinda man. Like, yeah, 
kudos to him for like having his opinion and and defending it like yeah, absolutely not sticking with the status quo i love it no i absolutely and 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 i can totally respect that and i'm 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 like the first person that i'm always respectful of people who are like oh that just didn't work for me like eh, that's fine here's why it did work for me uh but uh it's it's yeah i like this movie a lot do are we do you guys still do letter grades do we I, no, we put we no. left that behind in uh you know phase yeah, three of the show. Yeah, I, I I haven't been listening to podcasts since the pandemic, so I apologize. <laughs> I'm behind. You should go on more walks, man. Yeah, you know, you, there's I should. some good You're podcasts right. You're out absolutely there. right. <laughs> have you not met our friends Cobb and Cooper? Hey, I don't think I have. I feel bad. Uh, Wait, seriously? Oh man, you missed it's, an entire. <laughs> it's been a while. I'm, I'm I feel bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Whenever we put together the best of Cinemaholics, we'll we'll have to keep you in mind for that. Um. I, oh, I was going to say, like, I think um, I really hope the next Spider-Man movie, if there is one with Tom Holland, it's like they call it. First of all, they have to call it Spider-Man the college years. And I hope that it doesn't like bring in MJ and Ned. I hope like I don't think we need them for a while. Like they could pop in, I guess. But like, I just want to see Tom in a totally new environment where he's in Manhattan going to college. Bring in Harry and MJ or I mean, Harry and Gwen in college. I wonder there, like, do they need? to have any of the character like That's we true. probably don't need gwen stacy we don't we need harry osborne like we could just kind of maybe do totally different you know i have a theory you think it's daredevil don't you no it's not no I, I mean i would love that my theory is that this spider-man freshman year show that they announced a couple months back for disney plus that's going to be animated that was uh, announced to be a prequel to homecoming i think that's a misdirect kind of like peacemaker and that it's actually going to be his freshman year of college. But who knows? Yeah. Like That could be totally off base and probably is. But then you don't think it'll be you think they're going to do in like an animated show like set in the MCU. That's going to be like literally like the Tom Holland, you know, him in college. That'd be kind of yeah. it'd be an be, interesting be decision. But yeah, well, I think there's maybe. money on the table. I don't think they're willing to give up. Right. So I don't know. That's, that's one one thing to put out there. I think Will's just kind of like. Whatever. <laughs> I don't. I, as long as I don't have to watch it. Well, I mean, that kind of gets my final thoughts, which is just that for me, like, even though I'm kind of coming out this review a little bit cynical, as Matt said, um, I don't remember being that cynical watching the movie because I think primarily because I saw it with my younger sister and I felt like it was like a rare moment. I don't have kids. But it felt like the closest I've had to like you a know. dad moment. Sure. Uh, but it's the closest I've come to having like a dad moment where I'm just kind of like watching a movie through her eyes and just being like, it's not really my thing. I'm not really enjoying this. But like I see her having fun with it and I see her being entertained and amused. I'm just like, well, that's what counts. Like that's that's what I want ultimately from this. I, I think, Matt, when you asked me like what I thought about the film and I like asked Emily what she thought and said that's what counts, I think you thought I was being sarcastic. But that was my genuine opinion. Like, I was just like, that's what counts. Like, I, I like the fact that she liked the movie was what I wanted out of the evening. I want her to like it no matter how I felt. And I feel like that's kind of like where I land on the film. It's just like, as long as the people are getting what they want out of this, that's fine. I, I'm i not quite as doom and gloom as some people are about like this being the death of cinema or whatever, as I've seen on Twitter. But I, it's just not my bag, man. It's just not my thing. You can't control what is like mainstream appealing. You really can't. Yeah. I'm getting old, man. It's just like, it, it's, you know, the tides are changing and that's just, they're not going where I want it to go. And, you know, 
that's fine. That's not my. That's that's for me to work out. I have some things that work out myself, and uh, I would hope the Spider-Man movies get better in the process. But that's not really for me to decide. Like I, I, I still don't think Scorsese was like totally accurate when he said these are theme park rides, but I do think they're close to theme park rides. Like if we're being like literal about it like theme park rides are very shallow they're very like you go on them and those are manufactured those are sort of like built to like go on over and over again to figure out all the little bits and bolts and you know i think the movies movies can be so much richer they can have an experience that lasts with you more than any theme park ride ever could at a different you know across all ages but i think we have to reckon with the fact that these are closer you know to one thing than a lot of films tend to be and you know it's it's certainly something to consider if you're if you're somebody who really respects and loves cinema and you're like where's the nightmare alley review i don't wait spider-man spider what i don't no thanks like what's where's swan song i want to know about mahershaw ali and what he's up to sure but we don't have time to get into that today sadly but we will be getting into those movies and more later this week happy holidays from us i think uh you might not be hearing a lot of stuff from us before the holidays come about this coming weekend, except for some maybe some bonus reviews. But uh, Matt, before before we we peace out here, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell the listeners? You know, on a, you know, what's going on? Uh I don't have too much to plug. I'm actually not even on Twitter these days. Um, but I, I know, noticed. Yeah, I've DM'd <laughs> you like a million times. And... Oh, really? Sorry. <laughs> so you you I'm won't click any of my OnlyFans links, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will just uh, promote uh, Will and I are going to be with Chris. We're going to be doing the season finale of this season of It Ain't Ogre Till It's Ogre later this week. Hopefully that'll be that'll be out by New Year's. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Are you going to announce the movie for the next season in that episode or is that coming up later? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. what. Um, We got to decide it first before we announce it. So um, one step at a time. (laughs) Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. Yeah, definitely. Sounds great. Thanks for being on the show, Matt. Always great to have you. Always great to have a a resident webhead. Yeah. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Uh, But yeah, signing off from the Internet California, I'm John Groney. From the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. And from the Internet California, I'm Matt Serafini. See you next time.